introduction of anthology of magazine verse for 1913 edited by william stanley braithwaite this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by larry wilson anthology of magazine verse for 1913 edited by william stanley braithwaite introduction poetry is one of the realities that persist the facade and dome of palace and temple the monuments of heroes and saints crumble before the ruining breath of time while the psalms last so when another year passes and we sum up our achievements there is no achievement more vital in registering the soul of a people than its poetry but in all things that men do their relationship is objective except those things in which art religion love and nature express their influence through the private thoughts and feelings of men these four things are the realities all the others are symbols and the essence of art as well as religion and love and nature is a conscious and mysterious thing called poetry and men will find if they will only stop to look that at the bottom of all this poetry no matter what the theme or the particular artistic shaping there is something with which they are familiar because in their own souls there has been an unceasing mystery which they find named in the magic utterance of some lonely and neglected maker of verses the poetry in the magazines for this past year has been of a general high standard the long poems have been well sustained and there has been a larger quantity of pure lyric pieces than in the past two or three years the influence of macefield has shown itself in american verse notably in the two long poems by harry kemp the harvest hand and the factory one of the noblest poems of the year is henry van dyke's daybreak in the grand canyon of arizona which breathes a fine national spirit full of reverence for the greatness with which the american destiny is symbolized in the natural grandeur of our country mr markham has a long narrative in the shoes of happiness full of his visionary and spiritual promptings and in the vision of gettysburg mr robert underwood johnson reflects also the national spirit with particular significance the poetry of the year in volumes has not been as ample as last year the three poets who have aroused most discussion are the bengali poet tagore who brought to the western world in gitanjali a spiritual message full of mystic but exalted idealism francis thompson the great catholic poet because of the publication of his collected works and robert bridges who by his appointment to the english laureateship became known to a large number of readers who had hitherto been unfamiliar with his very perfect and delicate gift of lyric beauty of american poets the volumes of fanny stearns davis william rose benet josephine preston peabody margaret root garvin and george edward woodbury are the most significant the most important book of poems of the year by an american poet however is that of nicholas vachel lindsay general william booth enters into heaven and other poems here is a man with a big vision with a fine originality and an art that is particularly his own there has been no lyric year this autumn but a little volume that serves in some sense its purpose is Miss Jessie B. Rittenhouse's Little Book of Modern Verse, which is intended to represent the quality of contemporary American verse. 
i want to call attention to a poet who has not yet presented himself except through an occasional magazine piece but who has written two of the finest sonnets in american poetry last year i reprinted in my annual summary mr mellon leonard's fishers as an old mercer and pronounced that an achievement which could hardly be surpassed but in the sonnet november which is reprinted in this book mr fisher has done i believe something that is even greater it must rank with lizette woodworth reese's tears and longfellow's nature as the best sonnets that have been accomplished by american poets i have known one competent judge and lover of poetry to declare that not since keats on first looking into chapman's homer and miss reese's tears has there appeared so fine a sonnet in english poetry the man who has written november has added something to american poetry that cannot be too highly estimated another poet who has enriched the magazines this year after a period of silence is mr edwin arlington robinson and in the field of glory we are under the spell once more of that characteristic magic with which he is endowed alone among american poets as in former years in my annual summary in the boston transcript i have examined the contents of the leading american monthly magazines i originally started nine years ago when the first summary appeared with these six the atlantic harper's scribner's century lippincott's and mcclure's later i turned to the forum the poetry in mcclure's during the two years previous to the beginning of the present year had fallen off the magazine would reprint occasionally verses from the books of accomplished but little-known english and irish poets which with the small amount of space that it devoted to verse left but little chance of encouragement to native singers this year i have included the smart set which under the new editorship of mr willard huntington wright himself a poet of considerable attainment has been the means of offering the public a high and consistent standard of excellence in the verse it printed to the six magazines namely harper's scribner's century forum lippincott's and the smart set i have added this year a weekly the bellman west of new york it is the best edited and most influential periodical published indeed it is widely read in the east in its pages three of the younger american poets of distinctive achievements have been presented though the late arthur upsom had published some two or three books of verse before the bellman was established yet it was practically the first american magazine to print his work amelia j burr made her first considerable poetic appearance in the bellman and the best work the sonnets that have placed mr mellon leonard fisher in the forefront of contemporary american or english sonnet writers appeared in this same publication as last year i have winnowed from other magazines distinctive poems for classification and notice one each from the outlook the independent the north american review poetry a magazine of verse three from the poetry journal and three from the yale review the poems published during the year in the seven representative magazines i have submitted to an impartial critical test choosing from the total number what i consider the distinctive poems of the year from the distinctive pieces are selected eighty-one poems to which are added five from the other magazines not represented in the list of seven making a total of eighty-six which are intended to represent what i call an anthology of magazine verse for nineteen thirteen by a further process of elimination similar to that of previous years 
i have made another selection of forty poems which for one reason or another in the purpose of this estimate seem to stand grouped above the others the medium of magazine publication towards which some critics and some poets too a fact which can hardly be justified and a considerable portion of the reading public have a disparaging opinion is deserving of better repute for the general high quality of poetic art that is published not many years ago it was a favorite exercise of the reviewer when noticing the average book of verse which happened to include selections reprinted from various magazines to term the work magazinable or the poet a magazine poet even poets who detested being called minor poets preferred that rather vague and indiscriminate distinction rather than the unrespectable magazinable quoting what i have written in previous years to emphasize the methods which guided my selections the reader will see how impartial are the tests by which the distinctive and best poems are chosen i have not allowed any special sympathy with the subject to influence my choice i have taken the poet's point of view and accepted his value of the theme he dealt with the question was how vital and compelling did he make it the first test was the sense of pleasure the poem communicated then to discover the secret or meaning of the pleasure felt and in doing so to realize how much richer one became in a knowledge of the purpose of life by reason of the poem's message in one hundred and twenty-one numbers of these seven magazines i find there were published during nineteen thirteen a total of five hundred six poems the total number of poems printed in each magazine and the number of the distinctive poems are century total fifty-eight thirty of distinction harper's total fifty-seven twenty-nine of distinction scribner's total forty-five thirty of distinction forum total fifty-three twenty-seven of distinction Lippincott's total sixty-six, twenty-one of distinction. The Bellman, total fifty-three, twenty-five of distinction. The Smart Set, total one hundred sixty-nine, forty-nine of distinction. Following the text of the poems making the anthology in this volume, I have given the titles and authors of all the poems classified as the distinctive, published in the magazines for the year, only one excepting those that are included in the anthology in addition i give a list of all the poems and their authors in the one hundred and twenty-one numbers of the magazines examined for the purpose of a record which readers and students of poetry will find useful i wish to acknowledge my indebtedness and thanks to the editors of scribner's magazine harper's magazine the forum the century magazine the outlook lippincott's magazine the bellman the independent the smart set the yale review poetry magazine of verse and to the publishers of these magazines including the poetry journal for the permission kindly given to reprint in this volume the text of the poems making the anthology of magazine verse for nineteen thirteen to the authors of these poems i am equally indebted and grateful for their willingness to have me reprint their work in this form since their appearance in the magazines and before the close of the year when the contents of this volume was made up two poems herein included appeared in the original volumes of their authors for the use of william rose benet's the marvellous munchausen i have also to thank the century company publishers of merchants of cathay in which volume it appears as far as i know only three of the poems here included are to come out immediately in books by their authors 
the last four stanzas of a threnody by mr louis v ledoux are reprinted by permission of the editor of scribner's magazine and the rest of the poem is published in advance by permission of messrs g p putnam's sons from a volume of mr ledoux's poems which are also to include the hymn to demeter from a sicilian idol they are to issue in january under the title of the shadow of etna the two selections by mr richard burton here lies pierrot and human the two by willard huntington wright what of the night and later the one by george edward woodbury st john and the fawn and the two by richard le gallienne may is building her house and desiderium which while this introduction is being written has come out in mr le gallienne's volume the lonely dancer and other poems john lane company are also being issued immediately in forthcoming volumes if there are any others i do not know of them and in which case i would gladly give credit so i trust any omission of such will be charged to ignorance rather than intention i wish it to be understood that the privilege extended me so courteously by both the authors and the magazines to print the poems in this volume does not in any sense restrict the authors in their rights to print the poems in volumes of their own a significant fact which the poetry in this volume must bring to the reader's mind in considering american poetry of to-day is that these selections have been published for the first time during the current year our poetry needs more than anything else encouragement and support to reveal its qualities the poets are doing satisfying and vitally excellent work and it only remains for the american public to do its duty by showing a substantial appreciation lastly i wish to thank the boston transcript for the privilege of reprinting material in this book which originally appeared in the columns of that paper cambridge december nineteen thirteen end of introduction